This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Here's everything you might have missed in She Hulk Episode 6. Welcome back, you Marvel maniacs, to our weekly breakdown of She-Hulk. Episode 6, titled Just Jen, showed us the true meaning of Till Death Do Us Part, revealed a shadowy plot, and included some deep-cut references. We're going to break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, leave now before it's too late. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? With just three episodes to go, some fans are wondering A, when we're finally going to get Daredevil, and B, when we're going to get more answers about who's after She-Hulk's blood. And while there are plenty of really good lawyers in this episode, there's nary a Matt Murdock in sight. We do get some more clues on the latter, at least, but more on that a little bit later. While Jen gets ready for a wedding, Nikki teases the super suit that Luke made for her last episode, which we have glimpsed already in the trailers. Jen then breaks the fourth wall to acknowledge that this is a self-contained wedding episode, and it is admittedly coming at a weird time, like the show itself on a Thursday, and towards the end of the season, which, why not? But I'm gonna look great, so let's go. Jen arrives to her friend Lulu's wedding as She-Hulk, only to be immediately scolded by the bride for hogging the spotlight. After having her love life used as an exhibit in court, Jen isn't feeling too good about being just Jen. It's a marked reversal in how she began this season. And it's also a central theme of this episode, really hammered home by the cheeky Just Jen title card. Yeah, obviously this is the one time I didn't want to show up as just Jen. Now, no one at the wedding seems to care about Jennifer Walters. Both Lulu and the bridesmaids treat her like a servant. Lulu even actively says at one point she doesn't care about Jen's professional accomplishments. No, I didn't mean any, I didn't want that. Um, like, are you dating a guy, a boy? Is there oh. a boy in your life? <laughs> the one exception is Josh, a friend of the groom who hits it off with Jen. But is his nice guy demeanor really an act? Is he secretly after She-Hulk's blood? We'll come back to this in just a bit. Because to make matters worse, Titania also weasels her way into the wedding, specifically to provoke Jen. Obviously. I literally said this isn't over. This isn't over, hater. Jen gets nearly as drunk as Madison, leaves Bruce a sad voicemail, and then Titania baits her into hulking out for a rematch. This is just sad. It's no fun unless you're She-Hulk. Come on! Here, Titania stays true to her comic book roots when she says, You do not get to ruin everything for me for something you don't even want, you don't even deserve. In the comics, Titania was born Mary McFerrin, a gawky, unpopular girl who fantasized about fame, fortune, and most importantly, having superpowers. Naturally, seeing Jen gain better powers, becoming famous from them, and not even seeming to want them, it drives her up a wall. We got a wedding fight! But unfortunately for Titania, the saying pride goeth before a fall exists for a reason, and in this case, her fall comes thanks to some ice. With her veneer shattered in every sense of the word, Titania is forced to take her Austin power as lumbermill of a mouth and flee in shame. And don't worry, folks, I'm sure this won't have any lasting repercussions down the line. <laughs> Meanwhile, the episode's B story focuses on the complicated divorce settlement for Craig Hollis, better known as Mr. Immortal. Instead of just getting divorced like a normal unhappy adult, Mr. Immortal fakes his death to get out of any relationship. In my case, I do die, but only in the legal sense. They die. The, I do die, but only for a little... 
kind of died. This has left him with many deeply angry exes who all want something in exchange for the emotional trauma he caused them. Craig even tries to escape his consultation with Mallory and Nikki by leaping out a nearby window and crash landing on a security vehicle. The car he lands on is part of Higman's security name for Marvel Studios art department coordinator Kyle Higman. And there's a QR code on the car leading to Mr. Immortal's very first appearance in the comics, 1985's West Coast Avengers number 46. Mr. Immortal is part of one of the single goofiest groups in Marvel Comics history, the Great Lakes Avengers. This was the super team that Craig formed after getting shot and killed during his very first attempt to foil a bank robbery. The full team consisted of Big Bertha, Dinosaur, Doorman, Flatman, and Leatherboy. Not like that. Well, maybe. They were briefly trained by Hawkeye and Mockingbird, which sounds like a great plot line for Hawkeye Season 2, if you ask me. In the comics, Mr. Immortal was also considered to be a mutant of sorts. Mr. Immortal was constantly visited by a cosmic entity known as Death Urge, which is a comic book-ass name. He was an emissary of death who told Mr. Immortal that he is Homo Supreme, a step beyond the evolution of humans and mutants. Here, though, Mr. Immortal's actual status is unclear, and he's mostly being visited by the specters of dead relationships in the GLKNH offices. Fortunately for Craig, his first wife, Baroness Cromwell, left him a lot of gold. Unfortunately, that's most likely Nazi gold. Comic fans may better know Baroness Cromwell as Lily Cromwell, aka Baroness Blood. First appearing in 1998's Union Jack No. 1, Baroness Blood was a vampire who tried to bring about the Fourth Reich as a member of the Legion of the Unliving, a group of vampires led by Dracula. So it sounds like Craig doesn't need a lawyer so much as he needs a blade. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. After Nikki negotiates an elaborate settlement with each of Mr. Immortal's exes, she and Mallory browse a strange website called Intelligentsia. This site for, quote, hateful man babies is modeled after other sites like Reddit. On the sidebar, you can see an innocuous link for a best travel destinations guide that includes Cookville, Tennessee. Now, coincidentally, this was one of the locations that Sylvie attacked during the bombing of the Sacred Timeline on Loki. Less innocuous, though, is the slutty She-Hulk link, which leads to a pop-up from the system admin at Hulk King, inspired by Dennis Nedry's infamous pop-up in Jurassic Park. After making an account, Nikki and Mallory discover tons of sexist memes, death threats, and people making active plans to kill She-Hulk. And while Mallory doesn't want to tell Jen, Nikki spills the beans right away via voicemail. So just give me a call when you get this, and I love you so much! Because Jen is busy having fries with Josh after the wedding and ignoring her phone. However, the camera then pulls out to reveal they are being watched via CCTV in a lab somewhere where scientists are monitoring her vitals. We then get a message from the mysterious Hulk King who asks if they're ready to proceed with the next phase of their plan. Another scientist holds the bent needle that Thunderball tried to jab Jen with when the Wrecking Crew attacked her back in Episode 3. He pulls out a much more intense-looking needle, maybe one made of vibranium, which Jen's creepy date Todd speculated might be able to break her skin. Even vibranium? Why, do you have some on you? You want to test it out? <laughs> no, 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 I wish. Now, clearly, these are the mysterious people trying to harvest She-Hulk's blood so they can replicate the Hulkification process. But who's really behind this? Well, the name of the site itself is a major clue. In the comics, Intelligentsia is the name of an evil supergroup of criminal super geniuses. First appearing in 2009's Fall of the Hulk's Alpha No. 1, the group was originally comprised of the leader, Red Ghost, Wizard, Mad Thinker, Egghead, and Modok. 
Considering that we saw the leader teased at the end of 2008's Incredible Hulk, and he's confirmed to be the villain of Captain America New World Order, he's definitely a prime suspect here. Egghead, on the other hand, already appeared in the MCU, but he died in a flashback in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And MODOK is apparently rumored to be joining Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, so anything's possible. Much more important to this show, though, is that in 2010's Hulk number 23, Leader and MODOK are the ones who transform General Thunderbolt Ross into the Red Hulk by using Bruce Banner's body to turn Ross into a monster. They wanted a Hulk they could control as part of their plan to take over the world, and that definitely seems to be the direction that things are trending on this show. With Bruce Banner out of the picture, Jen could be vulnerable to their Machiavellian machinations. The real question, though, is whether Josh, the guy at the wedding, is also in on the scheme. Is he just a nice guy getting to know Jen for who she is, or is he another plant pretending to like Jen for who she is to lull her into a false sense of security? I mean, you wouldn't need that gnarly-looking vibranium needle if Jen never transforms into She-Hulk in the first place. Only time will tell what's going to happen here, but something tells us that characters like Daredevil could be instrumental in helping Jen tackle her mysterious enemies. But to end things on a more positive note, there were a couple other fun details in the credits. While there wasn't a post-credit scene this week, we did get wedding photos of Chet and Lulu making out. So it looks like the Enchettable Hulk also smashed that night. We then see Titania getting her veneers fixed and Nikki timing the 20 seconds of meaningful eye contact she negotiated for Craig's ex-wife. And so Amy, that's 20 seconds of eye contact. That seems interminable. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything we spotted in the latest episode of She-Hulk. We'll be back next week with another breakdown, and we've got plenty of other Marvel goodness for you on Nerdist.com as well. In the meantime, though, tell us, what did you think of the latest episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? Oh, no, 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 no. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. Nerdist.com.